0: Hi, I'm John Chambers, partner in corporate innovation at IE and host of The Corporate Innovator, a podcast that gives you direct access to visionary corporate leaders, makers, and advisors to level up your innovation game. The Corporate Innovator is produced by IE, Australia's largest independent innovation company. We work with corporate partners to develop, design, and deliver transformative ideas to market. Learn more at ie.com.au. Our guest today needs no introduction, but David Thodey is the godfather of innovation in Australia. He has led huge brands like IBM and Telstra, where he was the driving force behind major initiatives using customer-centric innovation. Of course, now he's the chair of the CSIRO board and active in policy formation at the highest levels. David was a dead set legend at Telstra. One of the most inspirational, humble leaders you could ever work for. And to this day is still incredibly generous with his time to all those he's worked with. David thinks big picture and has called for a much greater level of innovation in the Australian economy in the next 20 years. We get deeply into that and many other topics, so let's get going. So David, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. You know I have immense respect for you and um, had the privilege of serving under you at Telstra for for many years. Great to see you. Great to see you. We wanted to talk a little bit today about innovation, particularly innovation for growth in the corporate environment because it it continues to be a challenging Mm. um, capability or muscle. Mm. I think of it and, and it's, you know, there's a lot of literature about being an ambidextrous organization, mm. being able to develop your core muscle and your, your competitive advantages of your core whilst systematically exploring and seeking out new, yeah. new growth opportunities. While you're at Telstra, I saw a, your vision for that. I saw you, you building mm. an ambidextrous organization from things like clear growth strategies mm. and, and growth territories that yeah. we're going after. Uh, Building things like the design practice, over 50 designers in a world where uh, I think design thinking was still a bit of an unknown to to many companies. Vision for Muru D, so Australia's first corporate accelerator. Guruwa Labs, one of the first and most powerful innovation lab environments. Telstra Ventures, Mm -hmm. now many hundreds of millions of dollars invested. All of these things started to emerge that looking back, I I could see now it was a portfolio play for growth. I'd love to get your reflections on that, what what it was like being in that as you were seeing that come to life. How how did you think about being ambidextrous? John, that's a big question.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I might just bring it up a level in terms of Australia and corporates and some of my thinking. Um, Firstly, Australia has such incredible talent, and you see it in universities and scientists and in business community. I won't say we play above ourselves or, uh, in the world scene, but there is enormous capability, mm. and often it's sort of under a bushel of it. Mm. It's not really out there, which by the way, I like that, um, and I really like competent, great people doing wonderful things, but you also need to drive value. So when you compare Australia to other countries around the world, uh, we score very highly in terms of scientific research, actually core capability, But where we score poorly is actually in the value creation side. And secondly, in this ability to work together across Mm -hmm. private, public, university, et cetera. So that's sort of the, the Australian situation. And I think for Australia, we need to have a bigger vision. We need to think about how we can grow this country, you know, for all, everybody, mm. and we bring everyone along mm. with it, but create real value. So I think when you think around a company like Telstra, which you know, what a what an incredible Australian institution. I mean, not always appreciated. You know, <laughs> sometimes we felt frustrated, etc. But well, I can remember coming in and thinking about, well, how do we, what do we need to do to unleash the innate power? Mm that live within that organization. And as you know, that's people, Mm. but it's also um, you positioning the market and how you get on with things. So we did a lot of work around what what is our core capability, which is sort of you talk around flexing your muscle. And there's always more value in what you do and doing what you do better and better every day, focused in our world on the customer, because that was a great rallying cry Mm. for everyone. Is really important. Mm. But also, you've got to keep pushing the limit. And it's sort of, in a way, you're out there on the edge of, of in. Inno- I'll use the word innovation. I know it's not become popular, <laughs> It's a complex word. <laughs> and we won't blame uh, our prime minister or anything <laughs> or national innovation agenda. But you've got to be pushing the limit of, of technology or whatever it is mm. in your industry of looking at you know, it could be horizon three, horizon two, but actually getting out there, because in a way, you might find a source of value, but it pulls the core with you. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you do it together, so it's not dislocated, you have this sort of innate energy that starts to get created. And then it's no longer, you know, the leaders have to worry about, it sort of becomes visceral in the Mm -hmm. organization. And that's partly cultural. Mm -hmm. So, when I think around Telstra, yeah, we, we look, we stumbled a bit. I mean, I, John, it may have seemed like a perfect strategy. Of course, you know, <laughs> strategy is not like it was, you yeah, know, we, we were willing to experiment and try things and think some things work better than others. But we, we got that dynamic, you know, we had to be good at what we mm-hmm. do. And by the way, there is a certain sense in which uh, you earn the right to go and flex your muscle and, um, sort of you know. Thing. But I actually think you've got to do it both together all the time. You've got to be focused on what you do and then focus on where the world or the new innovations going and then keep relating the two together. And yes, we tried lots of different things, but and some work better than others. So I think that's my overall thinking on it. And yeah. I think it's important for us as individuals in our careers. Yeah, um, absolutely. For you, as a, in a, if you're running a business unit or a corporation or a government or a nation, I mean, you've got to be doing it. All. Even Australia, we've got to be thinking about. Well, coal exports will reduce by seventy-five percent by twenty thirty-five. What's well, going to take? Um, you know, the place of all that export revenues. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to keep thinking of the future. Mm. So that would be my, you know, very high level. Let's uh, stay up there. I yeah. like it. Let's stay up there. <laughs> right.
0: So something I talk to Hawken, our friend at Telstra yeah. um, about quite regularly, he comes from Sweden and talks about the difference of growing up in that environment where there were less natural resources. The big companies over there are generally product innovation type companies who've been able to go mm. go global. We've struggled, there's some heroes coming through now with Atlassian Mm. and and others, but we've struggled to move away from, most of our large institutions are many decades old, finance, resources, a a telco, structural, they've got some structural support as well generally Mm. because they're they're at a scale that have been hard to break down. Any thoughts on that? What, why no. have we not been able to, in the last 20 or 30 years, do more into the product innovation, new product development no. space? And are there anything you're seeing that might break that nexus? Yeah. Well, I think your observation's obviously right. And,
1: and Sweden is an incredible story of of technology innovation. But they also did Volvo, Ikea, mm, yeah, yeah. the Ikea, I never quite know it's Sweden or Norway, but anyway. <laughs> but they've had some wonderful, you know, global companies. Yeah, a number of different things. I mean, firstly, I think in one way it's really rational. Yeah. We've had this enormous resources base in Australia and isn't that great? It's sort of fueled enormous growth over a long period of time. And in many ways, we've been quite entrepreneurial in the, in the resources mining sector. You know, people betting their whole, you know, livelihood going out and prospecting and, you know, people living up at, you know, Broken Hill, et cetera. Uh, you know, the opal miners, it's gold silly. miners. Remember, we still are one of the biggest producers of lithium in the world, et cetera, et cetera. So we put our resources and our capital where there was a good return and by the way for all of this i hope that continues to be great for the future secondly we've had this great agrarian you know sector and we are very good at grains marine you know, animal livestock, you know, horticulture, you know, if we can get the hydrology and water management right. Mm. Incredibly, and that's driven great innovation. Mm. I mean, not maybe as big as Israel who had to do it without water, but it's very similar. So when you talk around the world, so there's two sectors. Yeah. However, we need a third, uh, this third uh, leg to the stool and it is in this professional services tech area. And I, I think the reason we haven't has been because Capital has flown where it's going to get a better return. Yeah. But now there's some signs that that may not deliver as much as we will need it to, so we can keep a great standard of living for all Australians. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're about, and and social equity, but also uh, you know, mm. prosperous companies with good social conscience. So I think we need to really build this. And it is around service. Now, I would put it into a broader segment. I, w- I would say tech, but it's also biotech, pharma tech, you know, even you know, how do we do architectural engineering from Australia to the world. Mm. And I do think it's aspirational. We can't just rely on digging up the backyard or just this domestic economy. We've got to have a, a vision for being global companies. And one of the big things that I, uh, well, I'm concerned about is that we don't have a big enough aspiration. We, mm. We're doing too well. So I think if I put all that together, I think we have this great opportunity to build this new services tech sector. Now, why hasn't? Well, it's because capital hasn't gone there. We, on a like-for-like basis in terms of uh, head of population, we're 20 to 30 times less than the US or Israel Mm. in terms of capital flowing in to the entrepreneurial services-based sector. So money hasn't gone there. And that's because they've been able to get better returns somewhere else. Yeah. But I think that's changed. You've seen the last two years with a, you know, some encouragement of the government, more money's flowing there. I think that's giving self-belief. Mm-hmm. And I can see Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, and Sydney all starting to build, you know, more, you know, base capability be it in startup hubs or universities, et cetera. So, I think we're on the way. Mm-hmm. I, I hope we need more capital. We need more visionary leaders. And I think we can do as good as anyone else in the world. Now, I think that we should be, it's a bit like space. I'm not sure we should be building satellites in space, but what we should be doing is you know, taking our great mining skills and agriculture skills and think about space and the same in the tech sector. We should be thinking about where can we naturally take our core capability and apply it mm. for global aspirations. Mm. So, capital, global aspiration. I think we can do it and give it a go. And and I think it'll happen. Now I know people are going offshore and uh, you know to get capital, but I think they'll slowly come back. It's a great country to live in, and yes. uh, so we get it right. I think we can do really well. But and we've got a, we've got runway to do it. Mm.
0: I wonder if, given it is such a great country to live in, if we are using that asset enough to attract capital yeah. entrepreneurship in, yeah. into the country to work with us to create yeah. new things?
1: No, I think yeah. we can do more, obviously. Um, I, I think that we probably need to make it easier for people to come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need Putting to... spot here, on the spot here is a tough one. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I won't go into immigration too much. Yeah. But look, I, I think we want to be an open country and, and allow the free flow mm-hmm. of... Of people, human capital and money yeah. but at the same time it takes time yeah. um, and we need success stories so yeah. you know we're, I'm delighted that we've got canva, Atlassian, <laughs> you know CSL, Cochlear, you know the, the good old days but there's yeah. a whole new generation of, yeah. of companies coming through
0: that I think, you know, we look at... Uh, Culture, in. Melbourne's coming, Melbourne's coming, baby. I, I, I reckon. <laughs> and so
1: we've got to encourage them and mm. and, and give them belief mm. because I think it's um, a great opportunity, very satisfying and create great value.
0: So let's drop down a level, yeah, okay. get to the board level. Okay. Right so on. I think this is a tricky one because obviously in a... There is a few. There's a bit of tightening happening, I guess, in the economy. Yeah. Uh, risk is a, obviously a huge issue for board members at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, trying to have what you, you framed, it, visionary leadership. How might we, as boards and executive teams, create the space for this, the new the future to emerge? How do you see the, the role of the board and, mm. and in creating this space, getting the right investment profile in the company, creating ambidextrous? Yes, yeah. in the system, in the system yeah. governing maybe differently. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd love your thoughts on it. I think it's a huge issue for our time. Yeah, it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and complicated, it too. It is as, very complicated. As,
1: well, <laughs> uh, where to start? I mean, firstly, you know, I think you've got to characterise in Australia that the responsibilities of listed company directors is going through a, a cycle of review mm-hmm. and greater mm-hmm. inspection, Which I think is good uh, in the long term. I mean, it's painful and not easy, but it is uh, needful. So then you've got to go back and say, well, what is the role of the board and what is the role of management? So the role of the board, you know, besides appointing the CEO, is to review, is to act in the best interest of shareholders and to endorse the strategy of the company for long-term value creation for shareholders yes. and doing that in an ethically and um, fair and equal way. The role of management is to run the company and to be the source of ideation of new ideas to bring to the board to consider Mm. and use the wisdom of the board, hopefully, to determine is that the right way to go? Mm. So what I'm saying from that is it is really important that you put time aside to think about these Mm. things, about how you want to structure that relationship. So yes, there's a lot of Operational things that you need to do in management. You've got to keep the you know the core business turning over, and the board has a responsibility to make sure you're generating cash, you know, meeting your commitments, etc. But you know, boards and management should be spending 30% of their time on strategy. Yeah. Strategy in the future and looking out to what we are going to create. And to do that. You need to be pushing the limits mm. in terms of understanding of, of different ways of doing things, of the impact of technology, different distribution, what technology will mean. And you've just got to expose yourself to mm. it. So I think for me, the most important thing is you spend your 60% and plus maybe 70% of your time doing the things you've got to do, but you've got to put time aside mm. to do it. And that will create an ambidextrous organization because you're you're investing the time to do it. And you may not know quite where you're going initially. You may think, gee, you may have a couple of, you know, uh, misfires along the way, but that's okay because in that process, you're bringing alignment between the management and the board about what you are going to jointly create Mm. and the value of the future. Now, so I worry when people sort of think that sort of like it's an add-on or uh, you sort of plug it on and, mm. you know, well, we'll do, you know, our one trip every couple of right. years or whatever. It's got to be in the very fabric and in the review process because strategy and future is actually a process. It's not an end. And it's in the iteration yeah. and it's hard work. It's yeah. not easy because it's... Sometimes there's nuances or there's ambiguity. Timing in business is critical. You can have a great idea, great product, and the timing's not quite right. Or you can have a need in the market and you're not ready, and you can try and catch up and it's Mm. not the right. So the other thing is that I think very strongly with businesses is that you've got to create markets. You've got to create value, not take value. Mm And I think a lot of companies get caught in the taking value. And look, Telstra will be the same. We we had wonderful products, as you know, John, mm. that had very high margins called legacy products. Mm. And I would call that taking value. Yes, cash cows are great mm. and allows you you know, to meet shareholder expectations, but it goes away. So you've got to take that and invest in the creation of value mm. and- That's why you need to be doing both at the same time. It's hard.
0: I love it. A thought just came to mind, if the tool of the non-executive director really is a question, what questions might I ask of management as a board member, if you were trying to encourage management, bring them to lift possibly their innovation, their vision, what kind of questions might might you ask?
1: Oh, look, I, I would go to questions like, well, in two years time, three years time, what will the business look like? Mm. That's that's yeah. where you start. Yeah. And so in that, you immediately start to think around, well, what products or offerings are in decline? Yeah. Um, where's the new growth ones? And then says, what do I need to do to replace what I've got? Because you know yeah. um, we may have been good at doing something yesterday. That's no uh, measure of success of being good in the future or yeah. measure of being able to be good in the future. Mm. So I think by asking that question and then you know, working through both market opportunity and the financial reality of that. And then you start to get into decisions of where you're allocating your capital for the future. And sometimes you allocate capital and you say, gee, I'm not sure where the return's going to be. But having that honest, transparent discussion and putting a few bets out there is really important. Mm. You learn a lot. And you don't have. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. It can just, you know, yeah. just a relatively small amount. Right? Probably
0: the smaller the better, really.
1: Well, in some ways, yeah. I mean, depending how big
0: your company yeah. <laughs> is, of course, you know, we're talking percentage yeah. terms. But
1: yeah, no, it doesn't. Mm. I mean, I mean, Muru D, uh, we set up at Telstra. Where you were then mm. uh, part of that. I think it was what two million dollars a year we underwrote it for, mm. and then we used some real estate we had mm. that wasn't very expensive, and and then we just got great people who are inspiring. And then it was a catalyst for mm. a lot of change mm. that came into the organization. sure was, yeah.
0: absolutely. So maybe we'll drop down now into execution okay, right. or strategy within okay, right. the company. Yeah. What about thinking through, I hear a lot with our customers and also broadly in the market of executive teams sort of wrestling with this future, as you were saying, mm. where are we gonna be in three years' yeah. time? Yeah. Uh, funny funny term called billion dollar babies or right. where's the next billion dollar baby? Or Where's the next mm-hmm. big business coming mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. As though it's a what, as though we can design that and just yeah. just create it, um, yeah. I think of it much more as a how, yeah. of what are the things we're going to do that might mm. allow that to come forth, mm. unearth it, design. I love your thoughts on the difference between those, those two things. Does that yeah. make sense?
1: Yeah, it does, yeah. Mm. I mean, business is about discipline, mm. like life, and uh, mm. I mean, it's always nice when things come out of left field that are you know, a surprise and a good surprise, but... Most of life is about applying yourself, being disciplined, being rigorous, Mm. and resilience as well. So I I think that in business, you do need to look at the future, billion dollar value, but then you've got to bring it back to the reality of what we're doing Mm. today, and put it into steps, and then say, okay, we're gonna have a plan, we're gonna hold ourselves accountable. And of course, boards like that too, because they want to make sure that you're, you're delivering what you say you're going to do. But you do need to be incredibly... And you need to... I mean, you know, I know, mm. you know, fast fail and, mm. uh, you, know, you know, stop things, do things. I mean, that's all very true. But it's the rigour of, you know, when you go through ideation, you know, yeah. say, what are the ideas? Then, then you say, then you've got to put it through a seven, say, you know, with and get many counsellors to help mm. make that decision. Mm. Then you make the bet. Then mm. you've got to review it. You've mm. got to hold people accountable, but encourage them at the same time. And you can't just set it and forget it. You've got to be really, it's not easy work. Mm. It's like culture change. Mm. I Mm. mean, you just don't put out behaviors. You've got to live it, you've got to follow it up, you've got to check yourself. Same in terms of investing for the future. You've got to be incredibly rigorous about it. So what I worry about is that somehow people think, I'll use the word innovation or new businesses said, oh, well, we we'll just make a few bets and throw some money out there and it's all going to come back. It's not like that. It's really hard. It hard. And if you talk to anyone who's been in a startup, it's mm. not easy work. Mm. It's risky, you know, as we know, a lot of them, most of them fail. Mm. But it's about rigor and staying the course. And it's no different in corporate. Then you try different things. Mm. You, you, I mean, there's different parts of the value chain you can play in, like, it tells you we, you know, we tried the venturing, corporate mm. venturing, and yeah. we did the, you know, the uh, accelerator, yeah. and then we had our own innovation program because yeah. yeah. a lot of the good ideas come from your own people, not yeah. from outside. Yeah. And then you've got want to have innovation in your core products yeah. there too. Yeah. So it's right along the value chain you've got to do.
0: Yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway,
1: that would be no, then measure, great. measure it, manage it, be engaged in it, argue it, you yeah. know, <laughs> enjoy it, all those
0: things. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. In there, a little bit in this idea of from ideation, well, I think of it as validation, how yeah, you take those ideas yeah. and test them as rigorously yeah. as you can like a startup would, yeah. uh, and then incubation, getting into market, yes, yeah, which yeah. I think is a hard thing for corporates. Like if you look at yeah. people who do this well globally, the, the big, particularly Silicon Valley, Valley folk, mm. they tend to have a, make a lot of bets into market, and only maybe two or three out of 10 of those continue yes, to go yeah, to scale, right. whereas I think... Mature corporates, in my observation, Australian corporates tend to want to almost get a 100% hit rate yeah, of what they take no to market. No it's not, no. It doesn't work, does it? So no. any thoughts that you might have on that? How, how, why is that, why no. are we being held back from the in ability to, to take more risks?
1: Well, maybe it's experience and maturity, Charlie. I, mm. I'm not sure. Look, none of us ever like failing. and But I don't think there's any inherent in Australia that we're not risk takers. I, I actually think we're on a par, we, maybe we're not as familiar in, in tech things. Yeah. And look, I think it's a one of expectation. I think you've got to really be, well, I mean, I'm involved in a venture capital company. Yeah. I don't know, they see a couple of thousand a year, invest in 30, we get one right, we done well. Make your fund. So that's one in a couple of thousand, right? Huge now, that model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's in our decision-making fact. Probably all those other ones we saw probably go for make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but I think it's some of the corporate. You've got to say, well, look, we are going to take bets across these, you know, 20 areas and and our expectation is maybe one of them is going to work. Mm. So you just cut your cloth mm. accordingly. Mm. So start with expectation. But... You know, don't accept that as the outcome. You go and try and make your 20s successful. (laughs) But the reality is that uh, it's just not like that. So I think if you talk about these things up front and you don't let people get ahead of themselves and you both do the idea, you do the investment, and then you manage it and report out on it. I think that, that mm. that's the way to work through it. That would be my view. I, I'm not sure. Probably, You've probably got
0: better. Oh, no, I think it's, yeah. That's, yeah. I think it's yeah. really well said. Yeah. That portfolio approach, I think, yeah. is the answer. Yeah. Oh, it's certainly the way forward.
1: Well, I, I just, I mean, you just can't, you know, do all this analysis work and pick two and then if both of them fail, sort of pack up and go home. And it's right. just not like that. Right. And by the way, and it's cyclical too. Every year you should be doing something so more and actually using the great ideas that come from the business I mean yeah. I actually think often people look to external startups and, and look you do need to do that but actually most of the great ideas sit probably within the
0: organisation agree and, um, getting them out getting, getting them, them out scale, and, you know, yeah. and that's not easy as you know let's go out yeah. and think about you mentioned up front how tricky it is that corporate engagement in Australia with government with academia with CSIRO yeah. probably yeah. isn't what it there are people yes, doing it better yeah. in the world. You, I mean, mm. Silicon Valley is a classic example with many years mm. of government support for major initiatives as well as obviously Stanford and other institutions being yep. very integrated. Yep. Open, open, how do we improve it? What are you, what are you seeing? What could mm. we do better to really yeah. get that collaboration going?
1: Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to this one, John. I, I um, look, the one thing I know about, I think, people, nations, companies, is that you can't just say, be friendlier, you Mm -hmm. know, collaborate, Mm -hmm. what's that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, You collaborate to do something, to make a difference. You know, I'll I'll work with you and the wonderful you do with indigenous people, you Mm -hmm. know, because you're there to make a difference to people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy for me to work with you in that because you can see something happen. So I think that Australia, Needs to have an aspiration. I, I really like when Innovation Science Australia came out, and their their big aspiration for Australia was make Australia the healthiest nation in the world. And you say, well, why did they pick that? Well, actually, when you think about it, it's a very natural thing. Mm. It's about you know, it's great climate, great place to live, but to do that, you need to look at longevity. You need to look at all mm-hmm. the uh, pharmaceutical work we do, about how we deliver healthcare innovation. And and so it would have driven a whole set of industries and we could have collaborated on that mm-hmm. to make a difference. I mean, Israel in its own way, as you know, I mean, yeah. it has this incredible drive around survival, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that pulls them together, that unites them. Now. They're not all friendly, if you've ever been to Israel. you know they, they compete with each other, et cetera. So I think we need a greater aspiration. We're only a country of 25 million people, mm. and yet federation has put state against state. And, mm. you know, we need to work to a bigger aspiration, that's number one. And then I think the other thing that I worry about in the culture of Australia is that we don't celebrate each other's success enough. Mm. Um, what I mean by that, the, often I'll hear, well, you know, Melbourne Uni, they're sort of just like that or you know, or I'll see, you know, New South Wales or or say, oh that is university. So there's no th- sort of common celebration about great success. Mm. And or it's always, well, yeah, they're great, but so I think culturally we need to not be like the US, because we're not American. Yeah. We don't want to be, you know, superficial, but we've got to celebrate success and actually encourage people to step out Mm. and move forward. That's the opposite of, you know, tall, -tall, Tall you know, poppy syndrome. And then thirdly, I do think there's some infrastructure stuff we need to do around, you can provide tax and Mm. and support, but we shouldn't rely on that because they are will always change. Mm. So we've got to have this bigger aspiration and then drive it down and let people be enthused and excited about making a difference Mm. and then be externally focused. You know, Mm. look, you know, I'm delighted that we're a country, what, 8.7 million square kilometers and there's only 25 million of us and we all live on the coast. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we need to be bigger in our aspiration Mm. and not arrogant, not, but just we can, here we are on the doorstep of Asia. Mm. Uh, I know it's always been said, but we just need to step out a bit more.
0: Leadership. Yeah. I, I think of you as a leader's leader. We, mm. You're an incredible inspiration to many of us at Telstra. Whenever I mention to someone or a group like I was yesterday that I might be seeing you today, everyone's like, please say hello, please. There's such a warmth that came to yeah. you. Leadership is so critical to the inspiration in yeah. this space, taking people forward. What are the critical attributes of leading for growth, leading for innovation, leading into the future? What do you, what do you think?
1: Look, I, I can remember when I was a, a young, You know, in those days, an engineer at IBM, and I something had happened, and there was a CEO of the New Zealand operation. You know, I was talking to him, and he said to me, he said, David, he said, the art of great leadership is not always having the A players around you, but it's about how you create an environment that people who can be A players, but maybe B players are inspired to become A players. Mm -hmm. So leadership is this ability about Enabling others to be incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And I know it gets called servant leadership or, you know, all these other things, but leadership is not about an individual. It's about creating an environment where people do exceptional things. Because the power of people staring into problems, I mean, no one individual can be everywhere. But if you create this culture and environment and discipline where people can do them what seems impossible. That's what I think leadership's about. So I, I think yes, you need all the other attributes, you know, I suppose of, you know, financial acumen, you know, <laughs> strategy, but at its heart, it is, I think, about enabling people to be, you know, incredibly successful.
0: Thank you, David. I certainly felt that working for you in well, the day. Well, you were. I, well, I, <laughs> you we, were we in We saw the impossible. Yeah, we and, did. Yeah. And it was amazing to go on yeah. a journey to it. So thank you so much for your time, David. I could ask you questions all day, but we've got to let you thanks, go. Thanks, John, thank you and you so all the best. That's it for this episode of The Corporate Innovator. As always, thanks for listening, and if you're loving the episodes, be sure to tell your friends or leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you've got any thoughts, questions or guest ideas for the show, you can email me at hi at ie.com.au. See you next time.